Hi everybody, welcome to Just Saying with V. Hope y'all had a great Christmas. Okay, this one's going to go a little different. We're going to start out going with one direction and one direction only on this one. And then we'll go another direction with my next one. And you're going to say what direction we're going? Well, we're going to talk about men. So, women, I think you'll want to listen because you're going to probably going to agree a lot with what I'm saying on this one. And men, you might want to listen because I think you might want to know kind of where what women are thinking. Or you might not want to, depending on which way this goes. But I got to thinking and reading a little bit last night in my Bible, and this is not going to be a preaching and thing once again, so don't go that, get panicking on me on stuff, people who don't believe in God and Jesus, but I got to thinking about relationships, and I got to thinking about men and women, and about what this world is, and I'm dating, and I was watching some dating shows on TV, and I know a lot of that is all fake, but I was watching people when I was out with relationships and listening to people talk about relationships um, just in general. And I have come to realize that I don't think that men and women, I think everybody's come so fast-tracked these days that everybody just wants things to happen so quick and so fast that they just don't stop and think about the what should be anymore and what really makes a real man and a real woman in relationships. And when I say that, I'm not dogging people in general because each person's different, yes. Each person has different wants and desires and what qualities they look for in people, yes. But what happened to the old-fashioned values and what happened to the old-fashioned men and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this women-led stuff and things because I'm a strong woman and I stand on my own and I don't need a man to make up who I am I can take care of myself just fine yes but there is nothing wrong with having a man who opens the door for you sends you flowers for no reason tells you that he loves you just because he loves you and is a romantic. Whatever happened to those type of people and men in general? I think that I always tried to raise my boys in the sense of treat a woman with respect. Treat them as you want your mama to be treated. And I think that's how it used to be. How parents used to raise their men in that sense and now I think men look at women as just I can just take and this one will do for now and if it don't work out then I can you know just it's so easy to get divorced it's easier to get divorced than it is to get married almost and it's easier to get in a relationship and use them and be done with them but that's the key word relationships and I don't think that men and women too think about that so that's why I wanted to focus a lot on men today and the fact that what I think makes a good man in a relationship I think that 
A man has to have a heart. So many times, men are taught that you have to be hard, you have to be mean, and stuff. And not, hey, and everybody wants a strong man, and I'm all for that. You want a man that's going to be strong and protect you. You want a man that's going to be the head of the household. You want a man that, that you know you can count on. But there's nothing wrong with a man that can show a soft side, too. And when I say that, I don't mean the pansy type that is going to run from a spider and be all wimpy, wimpy all the time. I mean, if he's afraid of spiders, there's nothing wrong with that. He can still throw the shoe at it to kill it. But I want, I think that there has to be the man that can still show his softer side. If he's hurt, he should still be able to come to you and say, I'm hurting and communicate with you. And I think that's the big thing is communication and stuff. And I think that's a lot of it is men think they have to put on this facade that I'm so tough. I can handle everything and I don't need anybody and I can just handle this and I don't have to have communication relation. I don't have to do this and I can just handle it, you know, and they, they carry all this inside and they don't share with their women and they don't let their women see them cry if they're hurting about something, if something has bothered them to the point that they need a release. They don't let women in all the way, and I think that's where the problem is, and I think that's where they don't become real men. And I'm not trying to say, I know some of you are saying, oh, you want men to be all wimpy, wimpy. No, that's not what I'm saying. I don't want people to misconstrue that. I'm saying you can be a strong man, but I was always taught it takes a bigger man to show his emotion and recover from that than a man who hides it and takes it out in other ways. And I'm a true believer of that because you're allowed to be true to yourself. And I think that's where it's all being lost. And stuff. I mean, whether you're a believer of the Bible or not, even in the Bible, some of the strongest men, Samson, cried. One of the strongest men in the Bible cried and asked God, you know, for he shed tears and asked God for things, and then David and, and things. I mean, you even, you know, Jesus said, Lord, you know, take this cup from me because he was in fear. There's nothing wrong with men having fear. There's nothing wrong with real men having emotion. And I think that that's where the problem is. And I think that that's where we have problems in relationships. And like I said, I'm only talking about the men right now. My next one will be about we're women because I think we women have problems too that we need to work on. But I think, men, if you would relate more and you would just kind of open up more and not be afraid to be true to yourself and true to your women that you could communicate and make your relationship work a little more. And another thing is romance is dead. And men, I don't care how much a woman says she doesn't care about it. Very rarely every woman I know that I can think of loves romance of some sort. And there's nothing greater than to think that a man 
thinks of her during the day and sends that text message just to say I love you or that he plans that secret little weekend getaway or does something for no reason. And I think those are the things that are missing. My biggest, biggest pitfall I have with men though today is this commitment issue. If you are not ready to commit with somebody, do not lead them on and do not lie to them. Do not go looking for somebody and say, yes, I am ready to commit. And yes, I got my crap together. And then find out after you got her heart that you're really not ready. Because that is the worst thing that you can do to people. Because... You've got to get yourself together before you give yourself to anybody else. And that's on both sides. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the talk, my thing on the women. I'm going to say the same thing to the women. You've got to have yourself together and you've got to know what you want. So men, don't go in there and start promising or saying things to women about what you want. That you, yeah, I know what I want. I know where I'm at in life. I know this is exactly what I want until you know for sure that's what you want and where you're at in your life because you're not doing yourself any favors and you're not doing anybody else any favors. Don't go, and and I'm sorry, boys, don't go looking for mamas. Don't go looking for mama figures. Okay, go looking for love. If you're ready for a relationship, make sure that's what you want, a relationship. And when you say that you want a relationship, go in for it all the way. Don't go in it and look till the next best thing comes. Because times are too fragile with people. You can't do that. You can't play games with people's hearts. And there's nothing I can't stand worse than people that do that. That go in halfway If you're not in to commit to a woman, don't lead her on. Tell her that. Be upfront with people. That's my biggest pet peeve. Men, a lot of men today, they can go and tell Jill down the street the same thing they're telling Joan. You can't do that. You cannot play games like that. Or if you're going to do it, tell Jill that you're telling Joan the same thing. Be upfront and be straight. That is a real man. That's what I'm trying to say. Because my when I my podcasts are about being real, and that's what I'm trying to say. I'm talking, it sounds like I'm picking on you men, but like I said, next week next podcast is gonna be about the women. Because I do have things to say about women, but men, you gotta be real. You know, don't try to impress your friends. Be real to yourself. And don't try to, if you know, if you like somebody that your friends may not think is, is somebody you should be with, it's not them that have to be pleased. It's you. If your happiness is Tammy down the street and they don't think Tammy's good enough for you, it doesn't matter. You need to be with who makes you happy. They're not going to spend the rest of their life with them. You are. So... Please yourself and work at it. Relationships take time. That means communication. That means time together. But yes, have your time apart. 
but be honest and keep your eyes to yourself. Here's how I've always been taught. It's okay to look at somebody, like if you see somebody pretty, it's okay to look at that person, look, but then turn your focus back on who you're with because that's what you're supposed to, that person you're with is your main love, your main focus. Because if you're, like if you're in a restaurant and a beautiful woman walks by and you notice that woman, there's nothing wrong with that. Because trust me, your girlfriend's noticing that too. She's seeing that beautiful woman walk by. But then you turn around and you focus back on who you're with. Because if you really care about the person you're with, then you can admire the beauty that walked by. But what's in your heart is who's sitting with you. And that should be first. And that's just the old-fashioned values. That's how it should be. That is just the old-fashioned romance, the old-fashioned morals, the old-fashioned things it should be. And you'd be surprised at how much more love you will get and how much more attention you will get if you can show the chivalry and the whole commitment that you have. If she notices you look up, maybe, and, and then look back at her, and she sees that in your eyes, she can see that that didn't matter, that you might have admired, you might have seen that go by, you might have seen that pretty waitress go by, but you look back at her and she's seen the love in your eyes as you're looking at her. Trust me, that's going to go a heck of a lot further than anything else that could happen during dinner while you're out. Because women pay attention to everything. Women will notice everything. I hate to tell you. So don't be afraid to grab her hand when you're walking or whisper in her ear how much you love her for no reason. Take and do the little things. It's the little things that count. And if something has happened, if if you're fighting and stuff, don't go away mad and do something stupid. Come and talk to, talk to her. And if, if you've been hurt, tell her. Say, hey, this hurt. Don't accuse. Don't go and say, you, you, you. You did this. You mean you, you, you hurt me. Say, hey, I'm hurt. I got hurt. That's the better way to do it instead of accusatory. It's all in the way you communicate. In the same way that you say, I love you, you say, I was hurt. And I'm telling you guys, you can make it work. Because women, whether they want to admit it or not, I think most women want, even though they can be successful on their own, most women want that man that's still their hero. Still their their knight in shining armor. And I know that you can't be everything all the time. And sometimes it's okay to say, I need help. But that's what relationships are. The women are helpmates. They they help their man when they the man needs the help. But the man can be the strong head of household. He can be the main force of the relationship, so to speak, in a way. 
And I think that men need to start being that. But they got to be the man that the woman can trust. That she can rely on. That she can trust wholeheartedly. That she knows that when he's out, at whether it's at work, whether he is going to, um, says he's going to go hang out with the guys, uh, play a game of pool, or shoot some baskets, that she knows that no matter what temptations or happens, happenings come along his way, that his commitments to her and come heck or high water, she knows he's going to stay true to her. That's what a woman wants, and that's the type of man that you should be. And I hate to say it, but it's rare these days. It's very rare. So I just think that it sounds, I know it sounds like I'm, I'm bamming you guys today. And if you think I am, then hey, comment, write me. Let's discuss it. Because if there are men out there like that, I would love to hear from you. Because, like I said, it's rare. I've been single 10 years by choice. And I have had guys hit on me of all ages from all areas and when I get to talking with them you can catch them in lies very easily because the men today have become such smooth talkers that it's like a rehearsal it's kind of like a, a script with them and it's, you know, and I've talked to other people that are single, other women that are single, and it's it's just um, become such an easy flow for men to do that. And it's scary to think that that's, in a lot of ways, that's what the options are. And that's why a lot of women stay single. And it's sad because there are some of us that want relationships with real men, but it's hard to find those real rare men. So... I'm just give, trying to give some advice today for men. Get back to the man of chivalry. Get back to the, the promised men. Get back to the courageous man. To the man that has the old-fashioned values that the mama's raised right. That you're going to treat the woman like you'd want your mama to be treated. That you're not going to cheat. You're going to treat with respect and love. Cherish and honor and romance and trust me you'd be rewarded in every aspect of the way if you do that and you'd find out that that relationship will lead hopefully you're on the road to the same track to a marriage that will be blessed in ways you would never imagine so I'm just saying just trying to give a little bit of advice to men to just be real get back to being real the real man and like I said if some of you think that I'm off base here and there are real men let me hear from you let me hear where I'm wrong and let's discuss it because I know there are women out there who would love to know there are real men out there and my ne- next podcast will be for the women so this was just my man when I'm not bashing you I'm just trying to give advice so once again just saying Men, be real. Get back to the old-fashioned real. Okay? Just say with me.
Till next time, love you. Bye. Back it up, back it up, baby, back it up, back it up, baby, back it up, back it up, baby, back it up. See, got your attention. That's what I wanted to do. And what I'm going to talk about kind of goes into that a little bit, but I thought that might get your attention because I'm going to talk a little bit about relationships because I'm going to keep it real because that's what I try to do. And we're going to talk a little bit about relationships in the sense of let's back it up. Let's back up to what relationships should be. Let's back up to what relationships could be on a woman's side and a man's side. Because it took me quite a while to realize that through life. I had to go through some bad ones and had to figure some things out on my own. And I've been single for over 10 years now by choice. And I've come to realize that as a woman, I do not need a man to make up who I am. And that's something that I want to get you guys to understand. As a woman and as a man, you don't need the other sex to make up who you are. And that's where I want to start. And that's where we're not going to end, but that's where I want to start. As you are getting in and growing up and stuff, you have role models. And whatever relationships you've seen around you, whether it's your parents or your friends' parents or just on the movies or TV or life or whatever you see, that's not always good examples. And what you need to know is you make up what you're going to have and you make up what you're going to bring to a relationship. But you also deserve certain things. And that's what I want everybody to understand. And first, like I said, what I want you to understand is you don't need somebody to make up who you are. First, you create who you are and you stand on your own two feet and you realize that you can get through life without somebody if you have to. And it may be hard. You might be like me. I was one of those people that I thought I had to have somebody. So I grabbed on to the first person or the second person that I thought that I wanted, that I needed, that I thought would make me happy. And I went out of my way 110 times over to make up and to be everything they wanted me to be to make them happy. And underneath it all, I wasn't really being me and I wasn't really happy. I mean, in some ways I was because I'm a diehard romantic. So I would go out of my way to be romantic, to be everything that they wanted to be. And they could brag to their friends that, man, my woman, she'd have my dinner on the table. She'd run my bath. She'd rub my back, she'd, you know, surprise me with this, she would, you know, maybe give me sex every night, she'd do this and that, but what I got back was was nothing, I got taken advantage of in the love department, you know, there wasn't the things that I wanted back, there wasn't the romance I wanted back, it was just, he took everything that I gave, but what I expected back in my dream world of what I wanted didn't exist because I rushed into or jumped into 
what I thought I was going to get because when you're first dating someone, they put out all the stops. They bring you the flowers at dinner. They treat you like a queen on the first dates. And I'm sure it goes the same way for men. Women put on the airs. They, they dress to the, to the hilts. They are the sweetest, most romantic women you've ever met. And they treat you like kings. And then once they become your woman, then they start maybe getting a little pushy and a little demanding. There are, I'm sure there are women like that. So that's what I'm saying. First, you have to decide who you are. Decide what you want in a relationship and decide who you are. And then decide that you're not going to settle for less. You can compromise, yes, but you're not going to settle. And there's nothing wrong with that. And like I said, that's why I've been single for 10 years. I, I'm not going to take um, liars. I'm not going to take pretenders. I'm going to... I'll compromise, but I'm not going to put myself out there to be walked on again. I'm not going to take people who are fake. I'm going to be real. And I think that's what everybody deserves. Let me put it to you this way. As a woman, wouldn't you, and and this is as a man and woman, wouldn't you want a relationship where the man is kind of the the kind of man that you know loves you to the point that you are his heart you are his when he says I am going to tell the whole world right now I'm going to shout to the whole world and tell the whole world that you are my everything and you sit and you wait for him to shout it and he says to you silently you're my everything. And you say, well, why didn't you yell that? And he says, because you are my everything. I didn't have to shout it. And in some ways, that makes your heart just open up with love because you know that he means that, that there's nobody else in the world that could ever take your place in his heart. And that's the kind of man you want. And the man that you know you can count on that you can you don't have to worry if he's 10 minutes late coming home from work because you know that there's a reason that maybe work held him over and that he's not with somebody that you don't have those worries that you know that if he's did it if he says he's at work he's at work if he says he's going to play a ball game with the guys he's with the guys that he introduces you to his friends because he's proud of who he's with that he wants to spend time with you he wants a relationship with you he he doesn't keep dating you for a year or two without saying I'm committed and I want to marry you and you know he doesn't want to just push to have sex with you because he says I respect that you are like a jewel and a diamond and I respect that I can wait and I can cherish every part of you and that when he does have those moments with you that that is what he does he cherishes every part of you and every moment of you being with you and then you as a woman you take and you respect that man that don't you want to be able to be able to look in his eyes and say this is the man that that was brought to my life and that I love this man and I 
find myself able to know that I can put and lay my life in his hands and I am safe and I trust him and that even if I go to and I ha- we are a family that I go to work that I can come home and he respects me enough to know that I'm at work and that he trusts me enough that he knows that when I say I'm somewhere I'm somewhere and then if a guy hits on me he knows that he doesn't have to worry because my heart is his that I love him enough that if he asked me to trust him in something that I can do it that he knows that I trust the decisions he makes that he'll discuss them with me but I know that he can make that final decision and it'll be the best one for our family and I can trust him to be the man that I can commit to the rest of my life with because I waited and I made the right decision because we had the same thoughts, the same values, the same morals, the same dreams. And that when we fight, we communicate, we stop and we talk. We don't point fingers that we know we have to communicate. That it's not an I blame you and you blame me. That it's that we actually communicate. Because that's a big problem in relationships today. Everybody wants to point fingers and walk out because it's so easy to find the next person. You can go online and just say, oh, well, you're done. I'm done. I'm going to go find Joe down on on this site or this site. Or I'm going to find Tina on that site. It's easier just to do that than it is to stop and say, hey, I found this person and this person's the right one for me because I took the time. And it's worth it to say, hey, let's take a breather, then let's sit down and let's really listen to each other and communicate because we can work this out and stop and do it together. Isn't that the kind of relationship that you want? The old fashions, you know, back it up to where they, they worked it out, to where people were married 30, 40 years. They died together, loved, loved each other so much that they were still holding hands. I want to be in the relationship that I'm 85 years old and walking in a mall holding my husband's hand and giving him kisses at 85 years old and grossing out the teenagers. That's the kind of love that we need to have and that you need to have and you should be searching for. But you got to work at it. you got to make yourself realize that's the kind of love you deserve. And if that, everything I just said sounds like the kind of love that you guys need and you deserve, let me tell you, I'm not trying to preach to you, but you know what? That's straight, exactly what God said you deserve. Straight out of the Bible. Straight in Ephesians. It's exactly what he says he wants for you. And it's, it's not really that hard. If you stop and you think about it, it's just old-fashioned, backing it up, just backing it up. And let me tell you something, and I will say this from the bottom of my heart. When I was married, and my ex-husband, this was over 10 years ago, when he did try to give his life to God, and he did try to live the way that we I just yeah, was explaining to you, we had an amazing marriage when we tried we went to counseling and and he actually did try and we tried together and we would communicate 
and things started to go the right way. But he could not control the fact that he had too much of what I called the world in him, which he had too much of. I don't know what it was, if it was his, just his way of life or the way he'd been, but he had too much of the world in him that he would go with his friends, and I trusted him to go with his friends. That's what I said. I had the trust. I relied on my trust, but my trust was broken, and he ended up cheating on me again, and I couldn't take it, and I wouldn't take it because I knew I deserved better at that time, and that's where my strength started to grow, but when it was right, before he did that, the months that we were working together good, it was the best part of our relationship ever. We laughed, we had fun, we could walk down the parks together, we could just have dinner, we could, it was just, there was a closeness and a relationship that was stronger than I had ever seen or felt in my entire life. And it was something that was utterly amazing. Everything was fantastic. And I mean everything. For those of you that are wondering, yes, even the intimacy was was amazing. And that is what I'm telling you. Those are things that they grow because I'm a firm believer that everything grows in a relationship when you are together and it's true and it's meant to be. Nothing grows stagnant if you're with somebody. If you are with somebody and you truly love them and you want them and they want you and you work together, everything can keep growing in your life. You can make things new. Romance. I believe a woman can romance a man as much as he can her. Put those notes in his lunch boxes. Surprise him at work with nothing but a coat on to pick him up from work. Tell him you'll pick him up from work. Do private rendezvous. Make your life different. When he comes home from work, be awake and, and find little, do little surprises. Every part of your life can always grow. Communicate. Make the changes. Find ways to keep your life spark. Never let it grow stagnant. You both can keep it growing. Trust me. When you're 60, 70, you can still be finding ways to make even, even I'm going to say it, even sex exciting. It doesn't take much. Just find ways. But you got to find the right person. Don't be in such a hurry. Just because someone starts out being, you thinking they're the right one because of the first date or two, or the words are right, wait and find the right person. And that's what I mean by let's back it up. Let's go back to old-fashioned morals and values. Don't hop in bed with someone just because they sweet talk you the first time. Because the sex is good doesn't mean that look, that there's love doesn't mean it's good. If somebody really wants to get to know you and be in your relationship then they'll be more interested in you than getting in your pants. So let's back it up. Let's back up to morals and values. Let's back up to really finding out who a person is and finding out what makes that person tick. And let's find out about the love, the romance. And let's back it up again to romance. 
let's get back to dating. Let's get back to really communicating. And let's get back to finding out what love's all about and being in love is all about. And let's make those 30, 40, 50 year relationships come back. And let's make excitement come back. And let's make relationships matter. That's what I mean by backing it up. So let's back it up, okay? And I'm going to finish this podcast with that. And I'm going to do this, continue doing these podcasts this way. And I think I'm going to start doing live podcasts where I can communicate with you guys and actually talk with you face to face too. I'm going to try to get some of them set up soon, but I'm going to continue these podcasts because I want to hear from you guys and I wanted to communicate with you and talk with you and hear what you want to talk about. But like I said, let's back it up guys and gals and let's get to know each other better. Okay. So with that being said, I'm going to let you go. And until next time, just saying with me, love you. Hi everybody, it's me. And tonight we're going to end with Priceless. And that's going to be actually why I say we're ending with it because I'm going to start with a few other key points that I want to bring out about life and about how we look at things. So I'm going to kind of start with, we're going to do some back and forth on words, okay? And then you'll understand why I say we're ending with priceless, okay? Now let's start with, let's say, um, let's start with an easy one. Let's start with essential and non-essential. We all in life have things that we consider essential to us in life that we have to have that, you know, maybe they're important and, and sometimes maybe they're not so important. Like I, like some people have to have, like when I go up to visit my boys up, you know, or go back to my house up in Lenexa, I have to have a quick trip tea, at least one before I leave because that's the best tea I think around. So I have to have it. That's essential to me. Um, or some people maybe have to have a certain kind of soda every day, or some people, you know, have to have this, that's essential to them. Or some people, you know, have to have certain things to them. That's essential. Some people have to have certain medicines that are essential. I have to take a certain cancer medicine every day, a little pill that keeps certain things in check with me. That's essential. And then there are things that are non-essential that would really technically be that tea. I don't have to have that tea. Let's be honest. So I, you see what I'm saying? It's kind of like all in my mind. And I think that's probably where the problem runs on that. But let's put that on hold for a minute. Let's go to another word. Let's go to substantiate unsubstantiate. I worked for attorneys for quite a while and I was taught by my favorite attorney. He always told me 98% of your case is going to be documentation. Always document everything. And I've always told people that in life and everything you do. 
And I found that to be true in a lot of things, not just in legal cases, but just about pretty much in everything in every avenue of life. So to substantiate things in life. So I think as people are living and growing up in life and in living, they want to always kind of meet expectations for people. And so to meet those expectations from people, they want to substantiate themselves. They want to show that they are what someone's expecting or that what someone wants. So they want to dress a certain way or look a certain way or be what that person wants. So they're always trying to substantiate and say, look at me. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm, look, look, I'm substantiating myself. I'm doing what I'm doing. See, this is me. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then when they don't think that somebody, they please somebody right, or that they failed in some way, then they feel unsubstantiated. They feel like they are not good enough. And they don't realize that you don't have to be what someone else wants to be and that you can be substantiated in yourself. And I think that that's two words that we live on too. So those are words that sometimes that I think that we take too much value in is words that we play on. So that's two words now, or actually I guess it's four words, but think about that for just a minute. Now let's go to, how about request and unrequest? We all have requests that we want of people. You know, it's just in life, whether it's a parent and a child, a spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, teachers, kids, neighbors, friends. We all have requests of people, and we all get mad when those requests aren't met and stuff. And it's, it's not a problem. It's not anything out of line to have requests and to have expectations and requests. So I'm actually combining two of them. I kind of jumped ahead to my other word, my next word too. But it's, you know, when you request those things, there's nothing wrong with that. And then we have the other side of it where there's a lot of things that people do for you that are unrequested. And there are some people that don't like to have the unrequested things. Like you have your diehard romantics. You have people like me. I am a diehard romantic. I love to be romanced and I am one of those people that I wish the Lord would give me that's one of my essential things I wish he would give me that essential husband drop him by my house tomorrow knock on the door I would be happier than anything in the world but I did the non-essential thing and tried to do it myself and I failed and I requested and requested it, but he has not found that person or led that person to me yet. So it's been unrequested. You know, it has not been. It's unsubstantiated to see at this point. But that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. So, but there are people that are not like that, that are not diehard romantics like me. So they have partners that romance them because they're like me that are the unrequested type that don't like the romance as much so then they don't know how to react so they kind of you know it, it's kind of like they they accept it and they 
say thank you, but inside they're like really saying, oh, I wish this person wouldn't. And they really maybe like that person and want to be with that person, but it puts them in an awkward spot. And so then there's a problem there. So it's kind of like a communication thing. So that is two words that can kind of go against each other there. And that causes a problem. So there's two words that kind of are the same word going opposite of each other that causes problems within people, within a person that plays within that person to cause that problem. And then let's go to another word. How about belief and unbelief? And that can play a lot of things. A lot of people, for one thing, God. A lot of people don't believe in God. Some people have total belief in Him. I'm one of those people who have total belief in Him. If you've listened to my earlier podcast, you know why. He's got me through the three things that I told my in my first story, plus plenty more. I have had childhood things that have, have traumas that have had, I've went through that are horrific that he's got me through. And I have had so many other battles that, that the Lord has just rescued me and each day keeps me going through. And I've seen things in my family that he's he's helped people through and friends and things I've had through work and and just in life in general um, and the people he puts into my life. But then you have people that have complete unbelief in him, maybe because of the way they were raised or maybe because they are angry at him because of something that has happened in their life and they feel that there is no way that he could be real because of those things that have happened in his li- their lives. And it's... Um, in my mind is a trick that Satan plays on them but no matter what the reason they have unbelief and that's their right that is something that each person has and that's something that goes within each person so you see what I'm saying each person has their own value of, of those two words of how they can play on that person for whatever goes on within their life and another word is a nothing and everything And that can be a tricky set of words, too, because they can actually mean the same thing if you really think about it, because some people can say, I have nothing. I have nothing. And I've been there. I've been at times in my life where I've had nothing. And I've been a single mother, and I have had very little to nothing. And I've been to where I worked two jobs, and had just enough to pay the rent and make macaroni and cheese and or go buy a pound of hamburger and put some cheese in it and some bread and hope my kids were fed but they ate and that was if I could at least feed them then and they had clothes on their back and a roof on their head then then I did the best I could but God kept making sure I got through and stuff but to me that was enough but It was, you know, to me, I felt like I was nothing. But to them, they still had something, if that makes sense. But there are people that have absolutely nothing and things. And But then 
in another sense, then some people have everything. You have people that are making millions of dollars in a TV show or millions of dollars in at CEOs or playing sports and they have everything and sometimes they don't appreciate it and they take it for granted I think and they talk a lot about how people need to be helped but I don't see a lot of them doing things there are some that do please don't take me out of context but there are some some that don't they just talk but they don't do the walk and stuff but when I said that nothing could mean that the, some of the words here could mean the same thing. When Sometimes when someone says nothing, sometimes and ev- nothing and everything could mean the same thing. When you say, I am going to whisper to somebody that I'm going to scream out, to everybody or that you know tell everything and everyone and everything you know what really means the most to you and stuff like if you've got kids like nothing I'm gonna tell everybody in the world what means more to me than my kids then I could say nothing because nothing would mean nothing I mean it would mean there's nothing that would mean more to me than my children and my grandchildren, nothing. And that would mean a whole different aspect of it, if that makes sense. So words are can be very tricky. And the reason that I wanted to go and point out this, if I'm making any sense at all to you about the differences in, like the difference in the reasons of the words, essential and non-essential, and how belief and unbelief, and substantiate and unsubstantiate, request and unrequest, expect and unexpected, why they can mean the difference in the two things. And, and how we look at life and how, you know, we, we want things or we, unex, you know, like unexpected or we expect things and how life doesn't treat us this way. And, and you know, we, people look at us and we try to live up to them, substantiate, unsubstantiate, because that's how we go through life. And some things are essential, some are non-essential. How we all have different views and how the words, and the reason I use those simple words and try to use the two differences in them is because there's one word in life that I think is a key word that applies to everything. And that's the word I told you I was going to end with. And that's priceless. And the reason that I'm ending with that word is because priceless is a word that applies to everybody. And yeah, the opposite of that is worthless. And you know what? I don't think that worthless applies because I don't think there's anything on the face of this earth that I would consider totally worthless. And I know that there are some people that are going to say that there are worthless things. And and please don't get me wrong. Murderers and people that abuse animals and children and stuff, yes, they are the scum of the earth. And they are people that deserve everything that has coming to them, that God and, and the criminal system has coming to them. Yes. And... 
in my belief, what the devil has, what Satan's going to do to them. They have all that coming to them, yes. And I, I truly believe that. But they chose that. They made conscious decisions to do that. And what I'm trying to say is that everybody in their own way at some point is priceless. And when you find yourself going through directions in life and you have, you know what direction you're going to go. And the most intense weapon that, in my mind, that the enemy uses, and if you don't believe in Satan, let's just say that the, your mind uses against you is your own selfish desires. And that's why you have to keep yourself and your desires under control. You're the puppet master of your life. You are. You control what's going to happen in your life. You have influence over your life. And you desire which direction it's going to go. Um, you take the permanence over which way your life's going to go each, each day. Each decision you make, right or wrong, is going to show which direction you're going. If you're going to go and conquer things, or you're going to take and go down a path that's going to take you in a direction that's leading you completely down a path of nothing but trouble and further and further away from where everything you could be. Everything that, every door that could have opened up to you and stuff. And I think we all have that inner spirit that tells us which way we could go and tells us when to go the right way and when not to go the wrong way. And we have to start listening and believing in that and stuff and how to overcome the mind games that go on in our own head. And we have to start listening to the inner spirit that's within us because there's always victory when we do that and we listen to ourselves because I, I read once in a spiritual warfare thing that the if you ask somebody who's your fiercest foe a lot of times people are going to say it's it's a certain person or anything but actually it's yourself you are your own biggest hindrance and your own desires are your own hindrance and your own thing and so when I say that you're priceless then what I'm saying is there's only one you you are special in your own way and I don't care if anyone tells you in any way shape or form that you can't make it you can then you there's beauty in you and if you take that inner beauty and you take now I'm not talking about beauty as in oh look you know beautiful like in oh you know runway beauty I'm talking about a beauty that is something that is that 
is within you that shines, that has a luminous glow that is amazing, that you just know, that you can feel. And everybody has that. And it's something you can work with. And you've got to find that within yourself. And that's priceless. And everybody's priceless. You've got to start valuing yourself. And you've got to think that to yourself. And you've got to say, there is no other, that, you know, there's other words I can say. I can say, um, I maybe didn't get what I expected, or this was unexpected. Or that was substantiated, or it wasn't unsubstantiated. But it don't matter if I didn't, you know, if they don't, I'm not unsubstantiated enough for them. Oh, well, tough. You know, or I expected this, but mm, it was a little unexpected. Or, uh, you know, well, that was, mm, that didn't work that way. Or, you know, well, I believed that was going to happen, but uh, it didn't happen. It, uh, it was un- unbelievably, it didn't happen. Those words may come and go, but don't ever let worthless come into play. Always keep the word priceless and believe that of yourself because you are priceless. And worthless is not an option because you are priceless. And I want everybody to remember that. And I want you to always picture yourself that. Because you know what? To make a diamond, they take a piece of coal and they burn it and they make it beautiful. And it can be the biggest, ugliest piece of coal there was. And you just take off the rough edges and burn them off and it turns into the shiniest, beautifulest diamond. So if we can do that with Colin, trust me, then every single one of us, let's look at it that way. We're all that. And we all turn into the beautifulest diamond and we're priceless. So I just wanted everybody to think of that. So when you're having them days, when those other words are tossing back and forth in your head, no matter which words they are, or if they're words I didn't bring up that are coming back at you in any negative way, Throw that back into your mind, priceless, and tell yourself that you're priceless. Okay? And smile. Remember, grab your niche, sing if you have to, dance if you have to, and remember, you're priceless. Just saying with me. Love y'all. Send me a message. Bye. Okay, and that's the start of Just Same With Me. And that's kind of how I'm feeling, just like, yay. Because, you know what, I decided to take this one on a different route today. We are just going to be happy. It's time to just, for everyone to be happy. All right, we've all had a crappy day, I'm sure. But something today has went wrong. Something today has just not went right with you. I guarantee it, that somebody either crossed in your path some way, whether you were walking, talking, driving, or just maybe even just sitting there. Somebody did something to you or something happened. I guarantee it. That's the way you're thinking. That's the way it's been. But you know what? We're going to forget about that. Or even if you can't forget about it, you're going to stop thinking about it for a minute because here's what we're going to do. We're going to 
get in our vehicles or put our headsets on when we're on our way home or in our room or just walking, taking our walk or our jog or riding our bike or doing whatever it is we do, our exercise. And we're going to put on our favorite song or whatever song. And if you don't have one, then I'm going to suggest that you grab a Toby Mac song. You get any one of his songs and you learn the words to it. And you just get into it. And you sing it. And you dance to it. And you live it. And you be you. Because you know what? Music is something that people can live through. It's something that just gets in your heart and it just you just go with it. And stuff. And you know what? If you've ever, I don't know where you're at because I've driven all across the United States. If you ever see that one person in that vehicle who's just a singing and a dancing to the song and you're looking at them and you're saying, what in the world is that crazy person doing? That's me. I promise you every time. I don't care if it's in town, out of town, on the highway, up the block, down the block, pulling in the driveway, out of the driveway, parked on the street. Waiting at the stoplight, that's me. And I'm smiling, and I'm singing, and the joy's in my heart, and I'm going. And it doesn't matter how my days went. But you know what? For that brief moment, it doesn't matter because that joy is back in my heart. And that's me. That's me just being me. That song, it just brings me joy. It brings me life. And I'm just saying that we all have to find that little niche. And I'm telling you, a lot of times, it doesn't matter if you look at things. Because I was watching, you know, my daughter was showing me some things on TikTok today. And a lot of it had to do with people and music. They would hear songs. And these were people, like, even in nursing homes. Um, like the Tricky song. Um, uh, people would... would get up and start automatically dancing and stuff. And I was thinking to myself, music is just a magical thing. And even in the Bible, God said that David danced and that people rejoiced and they sang. And in heaven, we're going to sing and rejoice. And like I said, once again, even if you don't believe in him, I'm talking here on earth. We sing at weddings. We sing. We dance. at In school, you go to dances. You, you know... A lot of times when you go out, when you're, when you're 18, 21, what do you do for fun? You go out to dances at clubs and you dance and, and things. And hopefully you're not out drinking a lot, but you're, you're dancing and, and stuff. And there's nothing better than being held by the one you love, that you love and are in love with and da- being dancing with them. I mean, life is basically, like the song says, life is a dance. And you decide how that music is going to play out. And how life's going to be. So I think today I'm, that's kind of what I wanted to express to everybody. Live your life like it, like a song. And if you have to be that song and listen to that song and sing that song and make it worthwhile. And I'm talking about the good songs. I'm talking about the songs that make you smile, the songs that make your life worth living and joyful and let that joy be come who you are and not necessarily become who you are but help bring out more of the joy and the smiles of of who you are you know i can sit and put in 
my car. I take about a two, three hour drive back and forth a week because um, I babysit kids, my daughter's kids during the week. And then I go up and back to a house, um, my house up, uh, back in Lenexa, um, back on the weekends and drive back and forth. But I um, love to see when I'm driving or putting my CD and I'll put, I can put Toby Mac in or my newsboys or Tornwells or, you know, anything that just has that that upper joy in the beat and just seeing, and I can, I know every word and I can even do the rap part of NF and on the parts of it. And, and I just, my hands are just, uh, my hands going in the air and, and I'm singing. I know people think I'm crazy and I'm dancing and singing, but, I'm so happy, and by the time I get there, I have such a joy and such happiness, and and I carry it with me, and I would do it on my way to work when I worked in the morning, school and places, and, you know, even on the way to church, I'd be hyped by the time I got to church. If I go to the grocery store, I get out of the car, and, you know, I'm hyped, and I'm happy, and I'm smiling, and I've got joy, and, and that's what I'm saying. Sometimes when you have those kind of days, you just take that moment to yourself and turn to music. If you if you have nothing else, if you don't have that person to call, if you don't have somebody and you don't have your Bible to read or a book to read, or if you don't believe in that, then find that song. Sing that song. Let the joy come to you. I'm telling you that there is something in your heart that is part of you that's that's joy and I guess that's what I'm really trying to say to me it's music to me it's the joy I can find in that the joy and beauty I can see in that that makes my faith stronger it makes me stronger it makes what I believe stronger it makes who I am it stronger because of what I believe because of of who I am and who I've become and the woman I am. And that's what I'm trying to, to kind of say to everyone. There's something in you that makes you stronger. And it's something good and positive. And it could be maybe writing. It could be, like I said, music. Um, it could be, you know, like my grandson, he loves NF. And NF songs are kind of, um, you know, to some people, they say, oh, they're all depressing. But if you really listen to him, he's talking about daily struggles. But he mentions, like, but he gets through them. And he realizes their struggles, but he gets through them. And he'll say, but I cry out to God sometimes. And, and I know i got to keep going. And I can make it. And I do make it. And I survive. But writing down and expressing this is my strength. And it's how I get through it. And you got to listen to the words, and that's what he gets from it, and he learns it. And then he, in turn, maybe does writing of his own and gets through it. And then, you know, or he violins another outlet for a while with karate or basketball or something. But everybody's got their own little niche, and that's what you guys got to find. Find what it is for you that is your little niche, and get with it and stick to that. And... It's something positive that brings out more of the strength in you. And then hang on to that and let that build you up. And if you're not quite sure where it is, then try a few things. 
like I said, start with some music. Get Find some music. And if that doesn't do something for you, write. Get a journal and write how you feel. And if that doesn't do something, then find some positivity books and, and read them. Or go outside and maybe just take a walk and look up at the sky and see the beauty that you've sometimes maybe you just take it for granted and feel the wind against your face and just understand that maybe there is something more to how the breezes come just at the right time when you want to feel them and the leaves fall in front of you and you notice colors you have the leaves you never noticed before or a bird will come by or a squirrel will stop and look at you just at the right time. Maybe you'll notice things that you never noticed before, and it'll stop and make you wonder, is there more to life? Is there something more out there? Does someone really care about me? Do I have a purpose? And you'll realize, yes, hey, I do. And I am worth something. And I matter. And... Once again, you'll say to yourself, it doesn't matter what others think so much sometimes. I'll go back to what I said before, what I was always taught. You're only accountable to two people. One's God. And if you don't believe in Him, then you're accountable to yourself. And I know in this world... There's a lot of judgment and there's a lot of people think that you have to do this and be this and be that and say this and say this and say that. But when it comes down to the long run, if people just be themselves, then you're accountable for you when you look in that mirror at night. And if you spend your whole life trying to please everybody else, you're never going to be happy. And I'm telling you something right now. The real joy is going to be in yourself because I know a lot of people that have $200,000 homes and $200,000 in bank accounts and 30 credit cards in their bank accounts and in their wallets and can buy the newest of everything and have wall-to-wall TVs and can go buy anything they want anytime they want and they have the best clothes on their kids and the best diamonds and best this and best that. And then I know people that maybe still rent to own their homes and they struggle and they, you know, maybe sometimes live paycheck to paycheck and they can sometimes pray and say, God, am I going to make it? But God always finds a way and he gets them through And each night they lay down with their kids and they say, I love you. And they look at the eyes of each other and they see the love and the glory and, and stuff. And they're, they're all families. They're both families. And there's, I'm not saying there's not love in the families, but I guarantee you this much when it's all come to the end of the road and When both of the family parents are lying on the deathbed, and I'm not trying to be gruesome here, please, people, but listen to what I'm saying. That parent that has all that money, 
they're not going to be on that deathbed saying, gosh, I wish I'd worked another 12 hours and had put another $100,000 in that bank account. Yeah, my kids are going to be left a lot of money, but gosh, I wish they're not going to be saying, I wish I'd spent more money time at work and got more money. They're going to be thinking as they look at their children, looking down at them and they know their last minutes are going, they're probably going to be thinking, gosh, uh, I, I, maybe I wish I'd spent a little more time with my children, heard a few more I love yous, had a few more hugs, had a few more laughs, had a few more giggles, maybe even a few more fights. That's stuff money can't buy. And you know what? Where I'm going, this money's not coming with me. And this money they're going to have to spend, yeah. And they're going to be able to buy what they want, but what what memories is that giving them? Um, Dad left us money, but as they spend the money, where's the memory? And on the other hand, the family where the, the mom or dad has worked and they're saying their last goodbyes, the children are gathered around and she may be crying and saying, I'm sorry, I can't leave you as much. But you know what? They're going to be smiling and saying, you're leaving us everything. You left us so much because we have memories of everything, of the fun times, the laughter, the tears, the jokes, the fights, the prayers, the games, the falls, the cuts, the scrapes, everything. We wouldn't have missed it for the world. Even the struggles. Because you know what? We did it together. So, you may not believe leaving a lot of material things behind. And we're going to miss you. But we've got so much of you inside us that will be with us forever. That we're going to keep carrying. So, thank you. And that's what makes the difference. And they're going to remember, like I said, if it's me and my family, my kids are going to remember me working the two jobs to take care of them by myself. And the mistakes I made, yes, I made mistakes. I wasn't a perfect parent. And they're going to remember me being crazy, even today, still rocking and singing as I drive, as they make fun of me. And they're going to remember me being silly and the things I do today and how I try to always family this and family that and how I drive them crazy and how I always want to be here and always want to do this and always want to do that. But at least they're going to remember it. And that's what I'm saying. Don't try to please the world. Yes, try to be the best you can be. And there's nothing wrong with being successful. 
go out and do everything to the best of your ability and be the best you can be to be secure in your life. But don't forget to live. And when you have families, don't forget what that's about because there's nobody that takes a U-Haul with them to the coffin. And like I said, you got to live. So be happy. Sing your song. Find your niche. And right now as you're living, when you're young, when you're middle-aged, when you're old, whatever, find your thing that's making you happy. And as you have them bad days, creep out of them and sing your song. Do your thing. Be happy. Keep living. And share that joy and be happy smiling. Let's smile. And that's why I wanted to make this a little one different today. And I wanted to say, let's bring joy. And I'm sorry I kind of went down a, a bad hill to get there, but that's that's what I wanted to try to, to show you, that it may, when it all ends, what people are going to remember is the joy. So, like I said, if you had a bad day today, get into that song. Get into that niche. Get into whatever it is that's going to make you happy. And tomorrow when you have that bad day, Remember what I said today. When someone comes bad across you, if you have to sing a song in your head, when they walk away, sing that song in your head. Or if you can, put it on your little radio, on your phone, and listen to just a few words of it so it gets in your head. Sing it to yourself. Or if whatever your little niche is, you know, do whatever you have to do. But just keep it. Keep it going. If, if it means you have to walk around your, your office three, four times, do it. If it means you have to take a breath outside and look up at the sky and just see the beauty in it, do it. But get your niche and just keep being happy and smile. Because there's always somebody else worse off. And you can make it. And you can do it. I have faith. And I have faith in you. And I know you can do it. So like I said, I hope you'll share this with other people and tell them to listen. And if you have something you want to talk about, let's talk. I'm hoping that things I say to you kind of make you smile and kind of give, give you food for thought and let you know there's someone out there that cares and has gone through things you've gone through and feeling things you're feeling. So I hope to talk to you again. I hope you're listening. And like I said, share my podcast and tell people to listen in and, um, Write me, let me know what you want to talk about or things that are on your mind, and I'll answer you, okay? So, until next time, just same with V. Love you all. Bye. Hi, everybody. It's V, and thank you for coming to Just Same with V. And today we're going to go a little different route. I decided, like I said in the um, trailer, I am going to start by sharing my story on this episode as to why I think everybody can always be smiling and to tell you why I think everybody can have a little example of faith. I'm going to tell you just real quick my story, one of my stories. But it's the main one that gives me faith and keeps me smiling all the time. Um, when I say I'm a walking, talking miracle, I truly believe that. Um, I've had a lot of bad things happen to me in life. And I do mean a lot of things since I've been a little girl. But 
just in the last years of my life, since 2015, well, actually since 2004, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, and a lot of people may not know what that is, but it's a neurological disease which does a lot of havoc to you, and mine was more of of the mental part of it, cognitive thing, and it did affect some of my body in in other ways like walking and things, and, and had some problems there, and at first it scared me. I thought that that was like the end of the world, but... I decided that I had to trust in something and someone and I wasn't really strong in my Christian faith at that time but I decided to you know get a little stronger in it in life and and I did but I didn't get anywhere that I am close to now and I'm not telling everybody that you have to believe what I believe but I'm just kind of giving you my story to let you know where I'm at now and so I lived with it and I, I got some really bad doctors at first um, and all they wanted to do was treat me with tons of drugs I mean I was on 15 to 20 different drugs and steroids every time and and that was their treatment and then I moved up to a different place to be closer to my um, oldest son and my brother and I got into some better doctors and they got me off the medicines as much and started treating me a different way and they were Christian doctors and and I kind of changed my life in a different way and had found some other changes and at that between the time it started a different church got a little closer to God and in redoing things in my life and and uh, I'd also had got divorced and decided that uh, you know I can make it on my own and I'll be okay and um, got stronger in just who I was. But around 2015, I got diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. And the doctors told me that I might as well get my affairs in order. And it was a big crash because I have three beautiful children and I had four grandsons and I wasn't that old. I'm not that old now. and. I thought to myself, this can't be happening, you know, you're, Lord, you're getting me through multiple sclerosis and I'm living and, and now that this is going to happen, you know, and I'm just now getting close to you and trusting in you completely and this is going to, you're going to let this happen. And I, you know, was kind of upset with him and, and you're allowed to be upset with him. And I was like, this, this isn't, this isn't happening. So when I got the call, I, I laid on my bed and I was crying and and my daughter came in and she comforted me for a moment and then I told her I said I need a little time to myself and she said okay mama and she she left the room and I laid there for a moment and I rolled over and I saw my Bible and then I sat up and I said to myself are you going to believe man's word or are you going to believe God's word and I said by his stripes you are healed and I went back to my spiritual parents my spiritual what I call my my spiritual mother and father who have taught me so much and kept by me so much through every battle I've had and taught me things the truth of the Bible and I went back home to them because they were back in the town where I had had grown you know come from and I had them pray over me and they told me that God said your trip here was not in vain that you're going to be okay and so I went ahead and went back to the doctor and they told me what was going to have to happen 
And I told them, I said, you don't know my God. I said, I'm going to be okay. This is all going to go well. And I went ahead and I had to go through the strongest chemotherapy there was because they had had to take me off any MS medicines and had to make sure they could keep that under control while they were going through chemo, which had to fight this cancer because they had found two other breast cancer little lumps at the same time. So I was fighting all this cancer while they had to keep the MS under control. So I went through the months of chemo and... I think the only other time that I maybe shed a little bit of a tear was when I had to cut my hair because I had beautiful long blonde hair. And I, I, it wasn't vanity, but I think as women would know, a part of your, who you are is your hair. It's, it's, it's just part of you. It's, it's part of who we are. I, I don't have much in life that's me, but hair, my hair is part of, of what makes me me. But that's okay. Um, God said it'll come back it'll come back and I just said okay and so my daughter she cut it off for me and I went through things but I sat as in my chemo and I would listen to my Christian songs my my Toby Mac and my newsboys and my pastor's you know prayers and and his sermons and I would talk to people and we would share stories and things but you know I went through chemo and I didn't have the sickness that other people did and I was so blessed and then after all that I went through radiation and I didn't have any not one blister not one problem they were amazed at how it was just like they couldn't believe how easy everything went and how my they said you're so cheerful you how can you be this way and I said it's all in my God it's not me it's him I have faith it's him And then I had to have reconstructive surgeries. And the first surgery was 12 hours long. And it did not go well. So they knew I was gonna have to come back for another surgery. And then I went for another surgery. And then as the day I was supposed to be going home, I had to be rushed in because something went wrong. And I ended up staying a few more days. And I'm still actually supposed to be having a few more reconstructive surgeries here a few years later. But I'm kind of like surgery out for now. So I'm kind of just putting, and they're just finishing touches and stuff. But I am past my five-year remission-free um, cancer mark. And I am fine. And I am a survivor. And I am a faith-filled, believing woman because I did not have problems that a lot of the other people did and I'm not saying I'm special because I'm not it has nothing to do with me but it has to do with faith as a mustard seed and I read the word and I I had my daughter buy me a mustard seed or actually I think she bought it or not I don't think I asked her to she did it Um, out of her love for me got me a mustard seed necklace and I wore it every single day and I held it and I, I believed it and I prayed it and I had faith. I just had to believe, and that faith is what kept me going. Now my story's not over. Just this last July, this year, I was not feeling good and was doing some work and helping my mother with some things. And I'd been not feeling good and things for a few days, and my kids 
which can be like mother hands kept telling me, you need to go to the doctor, you need to go to the doctor. And I was like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm strong, you know, because I'm, I'm a mom and I'm power woman and I can do this and I can survive this and I can do this and I'm strong and, and God's got me this far. And, and sometimes I, I overthink myself and which we all kind of do at times, which is one of the things, lessons we all need to learn that sometimes we are and we can be in, you know, we're not all invincible, that we can be, we need to take heed and take care of ourselves in the right way and stuff. But my son told me, he said, okay, you've done enough. Go to the hospital. Just go get checked out, please, mom. So I did. And when I did, I thought I was going in there because I thought maybe, well, maybe, you know, my heart was going a little fast. I was a little, you know, overdone. Maybe I tired myself out too much. But when I got in there, they kept me for almost a week because they said if I had not showed up when I did, I probably would have died because my kidneys were failing. And it turned out that I have stage three kidney disease. But once again, I say, you don't know my God. And luckily it took them a while, but they, it's like three or four days. I mean, it, it, my body kept fighting at the enemy kept trying to take me out. He kept trying to, but I kept saying, nope, God's not done with me yet because I got work to do because I ask God every day, give me strength and give me things to do, Lord, and tell me what you want me to do. Give me the options, open the doors, Lord, because there's work for everybody out there, Every every one of you everybody has a life and you have a problem you've had something you've went through in life and there's a testimony that you have to give whether you think it was a little battle that you went through that little battle trust me it's something big for someone else that they need to hear your story and so I kept saying nope enemy you're not getting me yet God's not done with me yet I know it I'm gonna keep fighting I know it and they finally got my levels right and they said, okay, we're going to have to see a kidney doctor and stuff. And I've been, since July, um, my doctors have kept a check on me. And my levels are still high, but I've had no more issues, not on any more current medicines. And everything is, is going good. And if you were to look at me and see me, you would not think that there was a single thing wrong with me. I don't look my age. I don't look like there's anything wrong with me so you wouldn't know it and it's all in the glory and the beauty of the Lord and faith in him and I'm not saying that everybody's life turns out that way and that every battle that we battle and go against is going to be that way because sometimes some of our battles are going to be hard um I had a cousin that I loved dearly and she died of her cancer my father who I love dearly died of his cancer and he had faith and he had told me many times of the miracles God had done for him in his life but the stories that he shared to me maybe were some of the things that reminded me when my battles came that I had to hang on to the faith and renewed my faith and that's why I wanted to take this podcast and share a little bit of my story because if you guys will take part with me and listen to things each day I want to talk with you guys and I want to get your comments and um, email me your battles your stories 
or talk with me and we'll chat and we'll discuss the stories and we'll work through them together because I know that you're not the only one going through certain things and it may be something that maybe I've gone through already that I can help you with and I'm not going to tell you I'm not going to sit here and preach to you that God's the answer even though in my heart I believe that he can get you through anything and that even when you think he's not there he really is and sometimes we have to have faith even in the darkest moments but if even if you don't want to believe in him that I can still tell you that there are people that are here for you and even sometimes if it's just to listen and say you can get through this as you who you are and that you're accountable to you because oh you know I was raised by my grandma and she told me two things she said I was accountable to two people and one was God and like I said if you don't believe in him then you don't have to look at it that way or if you believe in there's a different person a higher power or someone else that you believe in that's that's fine but the second person that I was accountable to was me and that's what I'm saying you're accountable to you and that's what we can figure out and we can work it out together and if something's going on with your life and you need someone to talk to or there's situations that you just kind of want to try to figure out or you don't know how to go through and figure it out then we'll do it we'll talk about it we'll chat because there might be someone else that's gone through it and we can all figure it out together or if you just maybe need a little bit of encouragement then I'll share something that's going on or someone else has shared with me and we'll get through it and it's just nice sometimes to hear it because I go through life and I look at things this way if I wake up I'm blessed because I woke up I got to see the sunshine it's another lovely day I get to see the people that I love and I get to meet new people I get to see what adventure life's going to throw at me whether it's good or bad and I'm an optimistic person. I have people that I see from when I've known them in high school, and they say, you were smiling then, and you're smiling now. You're always smiling. And I do. And I'll tell you why. Because I look at life like there's always somebody else that's worse off than me. So I have a reason to smile. Because no matter what I'm going through, there's somebody somewhere that's got it a little worse So I'm going to keep fighting because if I can smile and try to help someone else, then I got to keep going and I can do it. And that's the way I look at life. That's the way I look at things. That's the way that I take each day and its battles. No matter what life throws at me, up or down, it's just the way I go with things. So, so I'm going to go ahead and end this session. I told you a little bit about me. And like I said, I want to hear your stories. I want to chat with you guys. Um, and I want to share things. And I want to hear your stories. And I want to help you guys. Because I want to help you guys all smile. Because this world, I'm sorry, we all know it's kind of falling apart. And there's so much battle going on. And so much ugliness in it that's just besides ourselves. And sometimes we need to see the beauty within ourselves and within each other and see that there is still beauty. And if it means we have to get in our own little circle here and do it, 
And then when our circle get a little bigger, that'd be great. But I hope that you guys will reach out and talk with me and come back and we can visit because I'd love to talk with you guys and see how many smiles we can keep going and how many more smiles we can make. And I'm just going to end with um, this little thing here that I have um, in one of my battle things that I read. And just reminds everybody that the Holy Spirit desires for us to be faithful to God. James 4, 5. And we remain faithful to God when we humble ourselves and resist the devil. God's Spirit desires we purify ourselves and remain holy unto Him by drawing close to Him. Verses 6 and 7. Because He wants us to be strong and He gives us the strength. And it takes faith. And I promise you, He's there for you. And like I said, if you don't believe in Him, that's fine. But I'm here. And I'll listen. And I'll be your friend. And we'll work it out. So, come back and talk to me. Just saying, okay? And next verse, or next time I talk to you, we'll talk about something else. Not sure what the topic will be. If anybody hears this and you have a topic, shoot it at me and we'll go with it, okay? So, love y'all. Until I talk to you next time, just saying with you. Love you all. Bye. Hi everybody, it's V, and thank you for coming to Just Saying with V. And today we're going to go a little different route. I decided, like I said in the um, trailer, I am going to start by sharing my story on this episode as to why I think everybody can always be smiling and to tell you why I think everybody can have a little example of faith. I'm going to tell you just real quick my story one of my stories, but it's the main one that gives me faith and keeps me smiling all the time. Um, when I say I'm a walking, talking miracle, I truly believe that. Um, I've had a lot of bad things happen to me in life, and I do mean a lot of things since I've been a little girl, but just in the last years of my life, since 2015, well, actually since 2004, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, and a lot of people may not know what that is, but it's a neurological disease which does a lot of havoc to you, and mine was more of of the mental part of it, cognitive thing, and it did affect some of my body in in other ways like walking and things, and, and had some problems there, and at first it scared me. I thought that that was like the end of the world, but... I decided that I had to trust in something and someone, and I wasn't really strong in my Christian faith at that time, but I decided to, you know, get a little stronger in it in life, and and I did, but I didn't get anywhere that I am close to now. And I'm not telling everybody that you have to believe what I believe, but I'm just kind of giving you my story to let you know where I'm at now. And so I lived with it, and I, I... got some really bad doctors at first, um, and all they wanted to do was treat me with 
tons of drugs. I mean, I was on 15 to 20 different drugs and steroids every time, and and that was their treatment. And then I moved up to a different place to be closer to my um, oldest son and my brother, and I got into some better doctors, and they got me off the medicines as much and started treating me a different way, and they were Christian doctors, and, and I kind of changed my life in a different way and had found some other changes and at that between the time it started a different church I got a little closer to God and in redoing things in my life and and uh I'd also had got divorced and decided that uh you know I can make it on my own and I'll be okay and um got stronger in just who I was but around 2015 I got diagnosed with stage three breast cancer and the doctors told me that I might as well get my affairs in order and it was a big crash because I have three beautiful children and I had four grandsons and I wasn't that old I'm not that old now and I thought to myself this can't be happening you know your lord you're getting me through multiple sclerosis and I'm living and, and now that this is going to happen you know, and I'm just now getting close to you and trusting in you completely. And this is going to, you're going to let this happen. And I, you know, was kind of upset with him and, and you're allowed to be upset with him. And I was like, this, this isn't, this isn't happening. So when I got the call, I, I laid on my bed and I was crying and, and my daughter came in and she comforted me for a moment. And then I told her, I said, I need a little time to myself. And she said, okay, mama. And she, she left the room and I laid there for a moment and I rolled over and I saw my Bible. And then I sat up and I said to myself, are you going to believe man's word or are you going to believe God's word? And I said, by his stripes, you are healed. And I went back to my spiritual parents, my spiritual, what I call my, my spiritual mother and father who have taught me so much and kept by me so much through every battle I've had and taught me things the truth of the Bible. And I went back home to them because they were back in the town where I had, had grown, you know, come from and I had them pray over me. And they told me that God said your trip here was not in vain, that you're going to be okay. And so I went ahead and went back to the doctor and they told me what was going to have to happen. And I told them, I said, you don't know my God. I said, I'm going to be Okay. This is all going to go well. And I went ahead and I had to go through the strongest chemotherapy there was because they had had to take me off any MS medicines and had to make sure they could keep that under control while they were going through chemo, which had to fight this cancer because they had found two other breast cancer little lumps at the same time. So I was fighting all this cancer while they had to keep the MS under control. So I went through the months of chemo. And I think the only other time that I maybe shed a little bit of a tear was when I had to cut my hair because I had beautiful long blonde hair. And I, I, it wasn't vanity, but I think as women would know, a part of your, who you are is your hair is it's, it's just part of you. It's, it's part of who we are. I, I don't have much in life. That's me, but hair, my hair is part of, of what makes me, me, but that's okay. Um, God said, it'll come back. It'll come back. And I just said, okay. And so my daughter, 
she cut it off for me and I went through things, but I sat as in my chemo and I would listen to my Christian songs, my, my Toby Mac and my newsboys and my pastor's, you know, prayers and, and his sermons. And I would talk to people and we would share stories and things, but you know, I went through chemo and I didn't have the sickness that other people did. And I was so blessed. And then after all that, I went through radiation and I didn't have any, not one blister, not one problem. They were amazed at how it was just like, they couldn't believe how easy everything went and how my, they said, you're so cheerful. You, how can you be this way? And I said, it's all in my God. It's not me. It's him. I have faith. It's him. And then I had to have reconstructive surgeries and the first surgery was 12 hours long and it did not go well so they knew I was gonna have to come back for another surgery and then I went for another surgery and then as the day I was supposed to be going home I had to be rushed in because something went wrong and I ended up staying a few more days and I'm still actually Supposed to be having a few more reconstructive surgeries here a few years later, but I'm kind of like surgery out for now. So I'm kind of just putting, and they're just finishing touches and stuff, but I am past my five-year remission-free um, cancer mark, and I am fine, and I am a survivor, and I am a faith-filled, believing woman because I did not have to the problems that a lot of the other people did. And I'm not saying I'm special because I'm not. It has nothing to do with me, but it has to do with faith as a mustard seed. And I read the word and I, I, I had my daughter buy me a mustard seed, or actually I think she bought it on her own. I don't think I asked her to. She did it um, out of her love for me, got me a mustard seed necklace and I wore it every single day and I held it and I, I believed it and I prayed it. And I had faith. I just had to believe. And that faith is what kept me going. Now my story's not over. Just this last July, this year, I was not feeling good and was doing some work and helping my mother with some things. And I'd been not feeling good and, and things for a few days. And my kids, which can be like mother hands, kept telling me, you need to go to the doctor. You need to go to the doctor. And I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm strong, you know, because I'm, I'm a mom and I'm power woman and I can do this and I can survive this and I can do this and I'm strong and, and God's got me this far. And, and sometimes I, I overthink myself and which we all kind of do at times, which is one of the things, lessons we all need to learn that sometimes we are and we can be in you know, we're not all invincible that we can be, we need to take heed and take care of ourselves in the right way and stuff. But my son told me, he said, okay, you've done enough. Go to the hospital. Just go get checked out, please, mom. So I did. And when I did, I thought I was going in there because I thought maybe, well, maybe, you know, my heart was going a little fast. I was a little, you know, overdone. Maybe I tired myself out too much. But when I got in there, they kept me for almost a week because they said if I had not showed up when I did, I probably would have died because my kidneys were failing. And it turned out that I have stage three kidney disease. But once again, I say, you don't know my God. And luckily, it took them a while, but they 
it's like three or four days. I mean, it, it, my body kept fighting. The enemy kept trying to take me out. He kept trying to, but I kept saying, nope, God's not done with me yet because I got work to do because I ask God every day, give me strength and give me things to do, Lord, and tell me what you want me to do. Give me the options. Open the doors, Lord, because there's work for everybody out there. Every, every one of you, everybody has a life and you have a problem. You've had something you've went through in life and there's a testimony that you have to give. Whether you think it was a little battle that you went through, that little battle, trust me, it's something big for someone else that they need to hear your story. And so I kept saying, nope, enemy, you're not getting me yet. God's not done with me yet. I know it. I'm going to keep fighting. I know it. And they finally got my levels right. And they said, okay, we're going to have to see a kidney doctor and stuff. And I've been since July, um, my doctors have kept a check on me and my levels are still high, but I've had no more issues, not on any more current medicines and everything is, is going good. And if you were to look at me and see me, you would not think that there was a single thing wrong with me. I don't look my age. I don't look like there's anything wrong with me. So you wouldn't know it. And it's all in the glory and the beauty of the Lord and faith in him. And I'm not saying that everybody's life turns out that way and that every battle that we battle and go against is going to be that way because sometimes some of our battles are going to be hard. Um, I had a cousin that I loved dearly and she died of her cancer. My father, who I love dearly, died of his cancer and he had faith and he had told me many times of the miracles God had done for him in his life. But the stories that he shared to me maybe were some of the things that reminded me when my battles came that I had to hang on to the faith and renewed my faith. And that's why I wanted to take this podcast and share a little bit of my story because if you guys will take part with me and listen to things each day, I want to talk with you guys and I want to get your comments and um, email me your battles, your stories, or talk with me and we'll chat and we'll discuss the stories and we'll work through them together because I know that you're not the only one going through certain things. And it may be something that maybe I've gone through already that I can help you with. And I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to sit here and preach to you that God's the answer even though in my heart I believe that he can get you through anything and that even when you think he's not there, he really is. And sometimes we have to have faith even in the darkest moments. But if even if you don't want to believe in him, that I can still tell you that there are people that are here for you. And even sometimes if it's just to listen and say you can get through this as you, who you are, and that you're accountable to you. Because, oh, you know, I was raised by my grandma. And she told me two things. She said I was accountable to two people. And one was God. And like I said, if you don't believe in him, then you don't have to look at it that way. Or if you believe in there's a different person, a higher power, or someone else that you believe in, that, that's fine. But the second person that I was accountable to was me. And that's what I'm saying. You're accountable to you. 
And that's what we can figure out, and we can work it out together. And if something's going on with your life and you need someone to talk to, or there's situations that you just kind of want to try to figure out, or you don't know how to go through and figure it out, then we'll do it. We'll talk about it. We'll chat. Because there might be someone else that's gone through it, and we can all figure it out together. Or if you just maybe need a little bit of encouragement, then I'll share something that's going on or someone else has shared with me and we'll get through it. And it's just nice sometimes to hear it because I go through life and I look at things this way. If I wake up, I'm blessed because I woke up. I got to see the sunshine. It's another lovely day. I get to see the people that I love and I get to meet new people. I get to see what adventure life's going to throw at me, whether it's good or bad. And I'm an optimistic person. I have people that I see from when I've known them in high school, and they say, you were smiling then, and you're smiling now. You're always smiling. And I do. And I'll tell you why. Because I look at life like there's always somebody else that's worse off than me. So I have a reason to smile. Because no matter what I'm going through, there's somebody somewhere that's got a little worse So I'm going to keep fighting because if I can smile and try to help someone else, then I got to keep going and I can do it. And that's the way I look at life. That's the way I look at things. That's the way that I take each day and its battles. No matter what life throws at me, up or down, it's just the way I go with things. So, so I'm going to go ahead and end this session. I told you a little bit about me. And like I said, I want to hear your stories. I want to chat with you guys. Um, and I want to share things. And I want to hear your stories. And I want to help you guys. Because I want to help you guys all smile. Because this world, I'm sorry, we all know it's kind of falling apart. And there's so much battle going on. And so much ugliness in it that's just besides ourselves. And sometimes we need to see the beauty within ourselves and within each other and see that there is still beauty. And if it means we have to get in our own little circle here and do it, and then when our circle get a little bigger, that'd be great. But I hope that you guys will reach out and talk with me and come back and we can visit because I'd love to talk with you guys and see how many smiles we can keep going and how many more smiles we can make. And I'm just going to end with um, this little thing here that I have um, in one of my battle things that I read and just reminds everybody that the Holy Spirit desires for us to be faithful to God, James 4, 5. And we remain faithful to God when we humble ourselves and resist the devil. God's Spirit desires we purify ourselves and remain holy unto Him by drawing close to Him. Verses 6 and 7. Because He wants us to be strong and He gives us the strength. And it takes faith. And I promise you, He's there for you. And like I said, if you don't believe in Him, that's fine. But I'm here. And I'll listen, and I'll be your friend, and we'll work it out. 
So come back and talk to me. Just saying, okay? On to next verse or next time I talk to you, we'll talk about something else. Not sure what the topic will be. If anybody hears this and you have a topic, shoot it at me and we'll go with it, okay? So love you all. Until I talk to you next time, just saying with you. Love you all. Bye. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Just Saying with V. Hope you all had a great Christmas. Okay, this one's going to go a little different. We're going to start out going with one direction and one direction only on this one. And then we'll go another direction with my next one. And you're going to say what direction we're going? Well, we're going to talk about men. So, women, I think you'll want to listen because you're going to probably going to agree a lot with what I'm saying on this one. And men... You might want to listen because I think you might want to know kind of where we're, what women are thinking. Or you might not want to, depending on which way this goes. But I got to thinking and reading a little bit last night in my Bible. And this is not going to be a preaching thing once again, so don't go that get panicking on me on stuff people who don't believe in God and Jesus but I got to thinking about relationships and I got to thinking about men and women and about what this world is and I'm dating and I was watching some dating shows on TV and I know a lot of that is all fake but I was watching people when I was out with relationships and listening to people talk about relationships Um, just in general and I have come to realize that I don't think that men and women I think everybody's come so fast-tracked these days that everybody just wants things to happen so quick and so fast that they just don't stop and think about the what should be anymore and what really makes a real man and a real woman in relationships. And when I say that, I'm not dogging people in general because each person's different, yes. Each person has different wants and desires and what qualities they look for in people, yes. But what happened to the old-fashioned values and what happened to the old-fashioned men? And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this women lib stuff and things because I'm a strong woman and I stand on my own and I don't need a man to make up who I am. I can take care of myself just fine, yes. But there is nothing wrong with having a man who opens the door for you, sends you flowers for no reason, tells you that he loves you just because he loves you, and is a romantic. Whatever happened to those type of people and men in general. I think that I always tried to raise my boys in the sense of treat a woman with respect. Treat them as you want your mama to be treated. And I think that's how it used to be. How parents used to raise their men in that sense. And now I think men look at women as just I can just take and this one will do for now and if it don't work out then 
I can, you know, just, it's so easy to get divorced. It's easier to get divorced than it is to get married almost. And or it's easier to get in a relationship and use them and be done with them. But that's the key word, relationships. And I don't think that men and women, too, think about that. So that's why I wanted to focus a lot on men today and the fact that what I think makes a good man in a relationship. I think that a man has to have a heart. So many times men are taught that you have to be hard, you have to be mean and stuff. And hey, and everybody wants a strong man and I'm all for that. You want a man that's going to be strong and protect you. You want a man that's going to be the head of the household. You want a man that, that you know you can count on. But there's nothing wrong with a man that can show a soft side too. And when I say that, I don't mean the pansy type that is going to run from a spider and be all wimpy, wimpy all the time. I mean, if he's afraid of spiders, there's nothing wrong with that. He can still throw the shoe at it to kill it. But I want, I think that there has to be the man that can still show his softer side. If he's hurt and he should still be able to come to you and say, I'm hurting and communicate with you. And I think that's the big thing is communication and stuff. And I think that's a lot of it is men think they have to put on this facade that I'm so tough. I can handle everything and I don't need anybody and I can just handle this and I don't have to have communication relation. I don't have to do this and I can just handle it, you know, and they, they carry all this inside and they don't share with their women and they don't let their women see them cry if they're hurting about something, if something has bothered them to the point that they need a release. They don't let women in all the way. And I think that's where the problem is. And I think that's where they don't become real men. And I'm not trying to say, I know some of you are saying, oh, you want men to be all wimpy, wimpy. No, that's not what I'm saying. I don't want people to misconstrue that. I'm saying you can be a strong man, but I was always taught it takes a bigger man to show his emotion and recover from that than a man who hides it and takes it out in other ways. And I am, I'm a true believer of that because you're allowed to be true to yourself. And I think that's where it's all being lost and stuff. I mean, whether you're a believer of the Bible or not, even in the Bible, some of the strongest men, Samson cried. One of the strongest men in the Bible cried and asked God, you know, for, he shed tears and asked God for things. And then David and, and things. I mean, you, even, you know, Jesus said, Lord, you know, take this cup from me because he was in fear. There's nothing wrong with men having fear. There's nothing wrong with real men having emotion. And I think that that's where the problem is. And I think that that's where we have problems in relationships. And like I said, I'm only talking about the men right now. My next one will be about we're women because I think we women have problems too that we need to work on. But I think, man, if you would relate more and you would just kind of open up more and not be afraid to be true to yourself and true to your women, that you could 
communicate and make your relationship work a little more. And another thing is romance is dead. And men, I don't care how much a woman says she doesn't care about it. Very rarely every woman I know that I can think of loves romance of some sort. And there's nothing greater than to think that a man thinks of her during the day and sends that text message just to say I love you or that he plans that secret little weekend getaway or does something for no reason. And I think those are the things that are missing. My biggest, biggest pitfall I have with men though today is this commitment issue. If you are not ready to commit with somebody, do not lead them on and do not lie to them. Do not go looking for somebody and say, yes, I am ready to commit. And yes, I got my crap together. And then find out after you've got her heart that you're really not ready. Because that is the worst thing that you can do to people. Because you've got to get yourself together before you give yourself to anybody else. And that's on both sides. And I'm going gonna, gonna to do the talk, my thing on the women. I'm going to say the same thing to the women. You've got to have yourself together and you've got to know what you want. So men, don't go in there and start promising or saying things to women about what you want. That you, yeah, I know what I want. I know where I'm at in life. I know this is exactly what I want. Until you know for sure that's what you want and where you're at in your life. Because you're not doing yourself any favors and you're not doing anybody else any favors. Don't go, and and I'm sorry, boys, don't go looking for mamas. Don't go looking for mama figures. Okay, go looking for love. If you're ready for a relationship, make sure that's what you want, a relationship. And when you say that you want a relationship, go in for it all the way. Don't go in it and look till the next best thing comes. Because times are too fragile with people. You can't do that. You can't play games with people's hearts. And there's nothing I can't stand worse than people that do that. That go in halfway. If you're not in to commit to a woman, don't lead her on. Tell her that. Be upfront with people. That's my biggest pet peeve. Men, a lot of men today, they can go and tell Jill down the street the same thing they're telling Joan. You can't do that. You cannot play games like that. Or if you're going to do it, tell Jill that you're telling Joan the same thing. Be upfront and be straight. That is a real man. That's what I'm trying to say, because my when I my podcasts are about being real, and that's what I'm trying to say. I'm ta- it sounds like I'm picking on you men, but like I said, next week next podcast is gonna be about the women, because I do have things to say about women. But men, you gotta be real. You know, don't try to impress your friends. Be real to yourself, and don't try to if you know if you like somebody that your friends may not think is is 
somebody you should be with. It's not them that have to be pleased. It's you. If your happiness is Tammy down the street and they don't think Tammy's good enough for you, it doesn't matter. You need to be with who makes you happy. They're not going to spend the rest of their life with them. You are. So please yourself and work at it. Relationships take time. That means communication. That means time together. But yes, have your time apart. But be honest and keep your eyes to yourself. Here's how I've always been taught. It's okay to look at somebody. Like if a, you see somebody pretty, it's okay to look at that person. Look, but then turn your focus back on who you're with. Because that's what you're supposed to. That is the person you're with is your main love. Your main focus. Because if you're, like if you're in a restaurant and a beautiful woman walks by and you notice that woman, there's nothing wrong with that. Because trust me, your girlfriend's noticing that too. She's seeing that beautiful woman walk by. But then you turn around and you focus back on who you're with. Because if you really care about the person you're with, then you can admire the beauty that walked by. But what's in your heart is who's sitting with you. And that should be first. And that's just the old-fashioned values. That's how it should be. That is just the old-fashioned romance, the old-fashioned morals, the old-fashioned things it should be. And you'd be surprised at how much more love you will get and how much more attention you will get if you can show the chivalry and the whole commitment that you have. If she notices you look up, maybe, and, and then look back at her, and she sees that in your eyes, she can see that that didn't matter, that you might have admired, you might have seen that go by, you might have seen that pretty waitress go by, but you look back at her and she's seen the love in your eyes as you're looking at her. Trust me, that's going to go a heck of a lot further than anything else that could happen during dinner while you're out. Because women pay attention to everything. Women will notice everything. I hate to tell you. So don't be afraid to grab her hand when you're walking. Or whisper in her ear how much you love her for no reason. Take and do the little things. It's the little things that count. And if something has happened, if if you're fighting and stuff, don't go away mad and do something stupid. Come and talk to, talk to her. And if if you've been hurt, tell her. Say, hey, this hurt. Don't accuse. Don't go and say, you, you, you. You did this. You mean you, you, you hurt me. Say, hey, I'm hurt. I got hurt. That's the better way to do it instead of accusatory. It's all in the way you communicate. In the same way that you say, I love you, you say, I was hurt. And I'm telling you guys, you can make it work. Because women, whether they want to admit it or not, I think most women want, even though they can be successful on their own, most women want that man that's still their hero. 
still their their knight in shining armor. And I know that you can't be everything all the time. And sometimes it's okay to say I need help. But that's what relationships are. The women are helpmates. They they help their man when they the man needs the help. But the man can be the strong head of household. He can be the main force of the relationship, so to speak, in a way. And I think that men need to start being that. But they got to be the man that the woman can trust. That she can rely on. That she can trust wholeheartedly. That she knows that when he's out, at, whether it's at work, whether he is going to, um, says he's going to go hang out with the guys, uh, play give a pool or shoot some baskets, that she knows that no matter what temptations or happens, happenings come along his way, that his commitments to her and come heck or high water, she knows he's going to stay true to her. That's what a woman wants, and that's the type of man that you should be. And I hate to say it, but it's rare these days. It's very rare. So I just think that it sounds, I know it sounds like I'm, I'm bamming you guys today. And if you think I am, then hey, comment, write me. Let's discuss it. Because if there are men out there like that, I would love to hear from you. Because, like I said, it's rare. I've been single 10 years by choice, and I have had guys hit on me of all ages from all areas and when I get to talking with them you can catch them in lies very easily because the men today have become such smooth talkers that it's like a rehearsal it's kind of like a, a script with them and it's you know, and I've talked to other people that are single, other women that are single, and it's it's just um, become such an easy flow for men to do that, and it's scary to think that that's in a lot of ways that's what the options are, and that's why a lot of women stay single, and it's sad because there's some of us that want relationships with real men, but it's hard to find those real rare men, so. I'm just trying to give some advice today for men. Get back to the man of chivalry. Get back to the the promised men. Get back to the courageous man. To the man that has the old-fashioned values that the mama's raised right. That you're going to treat the woman like you'd want your mama to be treated. That you're not going to cheat. You're going to treat with respect and love. Cherish and honor and romance and trust me you'd be rewarded in every aspect of the way if you do that and you'd find out that that relationship will lead hopefully you're on the road to the same track to a marriage that will be blessed in ways you would never imagine so I'm just saying just trying to give a little bit of advice to men to just be real get back to being real 
the real man. And like I said, if some of you think that I'm off base here and there are real men, let me hear from you. Let me hear where I'm wrong and let's discuss it because I know there are women out there that would love to know there are real men out there. And my next podcast will be for the women. So this was just my man one. I'm not bashing you. I'm just trying to give advice. So once again, just saying, men be real. Get back to the old fashioned real. Okay? Just saying with V. Till next time. Love you. Bye.